I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists and art entrepreneurs? Welcome back to The Artist Business Plan. My name is Alex Mito, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. We're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing of art. Next to me is my partner, James Milley. Say hi, James. Hello. James is Superfine's other co-founder and our managing partner and our resident tech guru, uh, helping us facilitate this podcast. We're here today with Vaidehi Kinkabwala, an incredible artist and a longtime Superfine Art Fair veteran exhibitor. Welcome to the show, Vaidehi. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah. So before we get started, Vaidehi, I want to ask you something to help our audience get to know the real you. And the question is, what is the earliest memory that you have of art? And did you realize then that you'd be dedicating your life to art and becoming an artist? So it's really weird that you ask this question because just like a couple of days back, my parents sent me this picture of a five-year-old me with my teacher making like drawings and he, they've also photographed the drawing. I didn't remember uh, what I was doing when I saw that picture, but like I think I deep inside I knew that, yeah, this was the career I was going to be pursuing. So yeah, that's that's my memory. And I also remember... We were given the freedom to draw on the walls in our house oh. or in my grandfather's house. And they actually, <laughs> actually had those drawings uh, until like they got the house repainted some time back and like then it went away. But like they actually had, I, I think I was five or six years old uh, during that time. That's yeah. so cool that they let you draw on the walls. You yeah. don't see that much over here. There's one instance, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat actually painted all over the walls of a, an apartment that he shared with his girlfriend at the time in New York. And right. she sold the apartment like four or five years ago. They ended yeah. up cutting up pieces of the walls and the refrigerator yeah. and selling them at auction. So maybe that's going to happen <laughs> with this house down the road. They're going to cut out the walls and sell them at yeah. auction. We should hope so. <laughs> It's it's interesting because like I think my first interaction with art like it comes from freedom and like the freedom to draw on the walls, freedom to do what you want and express yourself. So I think like it has a really deep connection with freedom. I love it. That's yeah. so great. Cool. Yeah. Thank thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump into the questions now. So yeah. Vaidehi, in in the past you've mentioned before that when you started approaching art galleries and the quote unquote art world in general, you faced some early resistance. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm going to start with like uh, the year 2008. That's when I came here uh, as a grad student to pursue my master's in studio art. And I had like towards the end of my program, I had like an, a weird experience with one of my professors where I grew up in India and the references that I was using in my work, they were kind of alien to him. And he, he didn't understand where I was coming from. And it was kind of a problem. Eventually, like I had other, other professors who really helped me out. But, but that kind of left like a deep impact on my soul as an artist, because I always kept wondering like if the Western art world would accept me and like the language that I was trying to speak visually. And, and it, it kind of bothered me. And then after that, like I started doing internships with galleries where like, I got comments for like the way I dress. They, they couldn't understand my English and stuff. 
So it was a little difficult. Yeah, I don't know. I just kept pursuing uh, what I knew best. Like this is the only thing that I know how to do. So I kept pursuing it. And I also kind of learned along the way to work with gray areas. Mm. So that really helped me. I mean, I also met really good people along the way. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you mentioned working with gray areas. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what that means to you? Yeah, I mean, I feel I, I, I grew up in a sheltered community background. My parents really sheltered me. And then when I came here, it was everything was like, oh, like you're facing the real world. And you see earlier, my perspectives used to be like completely black and white, good and bad. Like, And then I, I started to understand, uh, even if somebody was like, you know, uh, not so great with me, I, I started to understand that they probably have a backstory too. I kind of started relating to that backstory and giving them like that leeway to, you know, judge me in a way. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a form of empathy that helps you get through that and then actually do, like you said, what you know how to do best and get your message out there. Because like it it was, it's my story to tell. And I, I tell my story, like nobody knows my story better than me. So I decided to stick to that. And then work around practically however I could having empathy for whoever like you know wasn't understanding what my story was yeah and for the artists listening out there that's great advice from Vaidehi your story is your story and only you can tell it and just getting through that resistance that may mean flying through some of the gray area and just dealing with some resistance but once you get there you get to tell your story and that's the point of it all which is amazing yeah exactly cool So we've seen your art, Vaidehi, go to some awesome homes, both inside and outside of Superfine Fair as we keep up with each other on social media. So I see a lot of where you sell your work. Um, And if I were an emerging artist and I was trying to figure out how to price my work, how to show it, what are maybe the top two or three tips you would give me? Yeah. So like the first most important thing is like to have immense faith and confidence in your work and your story, like I said before. That, that has really helped me because I feel no one, no one can tell your story better than you and you really need to believe it, believe in it uh, more than anybody else. So that is like the first thing cool. I would tell anybody. Secondly, about pricing, I'll, I'll be honest, like I really struggled with it and uh, I, I know you guys know that because I'm always bouncing off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to help. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like I take a lot of input from people I'm working with, people who know my work, even in my family, like if they've seen my work, like, you know, through the years, I ask, I ask for their input. My gallerists, like I have a gallery in the city, so I, I have a lot of discussions about pricing with them. And I take a lot of input and then eventually, uh, given like how much time I, I've dedicated to each piece, like I decide by myself. Specific like for the fairs, I've realized it's it's good to have like a range of pieces in size and price where people get to choose whether it's size or the price. So I like I like to have a range of pieces. The third tip that is something that one of my mentors gave me and it has it has always helped me which is that if a gallery or a collector like they have a different sensibility than you then they are not the right people for you. So uh, eventually you will find people whose sensibilities match with your work. So I think it's like a game being really patient and waiting for people who have similar sensibilities and just waiting it out. Yeah, you want to find an audience that resonates with your work and yeah. that your work resonates with. And I think yeah. a, lot of, a lot of artists get discouraged because they might not be hitting that on the first day or the first week or the first yeah. show that they do. But yeah. once you find that audience, you learn to recognize that audience and then you 
know who you're trying to reach at that point, which I think is awesome. Yeah, exactly. If a collector or a gallery is like, you know, trying to buy my work or if a gallery wants, like, I want them to have the same sensibility and like have faith in whatever I'm making. So I, I think if sensibilities match, like that's the best thing. So, so if somebody like doesn't like it, that's okay because we just have different uh, visions. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's developing that thick skin that not everyone is going to like every piece of work. And yeah. That's a really neat thing of being at a fair or at an, any kind of place where you can show work alongside many other artists is if thousands of people come, there's enough people to go around for everybody where someone is going to like everyone's work. And that's really a fun experience, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I also think your last point circles back really nicely to your first one, which is you believe in your work. That's number yes. one. So yes. you want to work with people and sell your work to people who also believe in it and believe in yes. you. I think yes. that's a really astute piece of advice. In terms of the pricing, I just wanted to, to reiterate that for the artists out there who are listening, getting that feedback from your peers, from people that you work with, partners, even family, taking that feedback and not literally just doing what everybody says, but just taking the advice, absorbing it, and then balancing it out with the time and energy you put into the work is going to come up with a really good pricing structure for you. So I really, really encourage you to follow that advice as well. So how often do you keep up with your collectors? And do you have any tips for the artists out there on staying in touch with them or any success stories from keeping in touch with collectors that you have? Yeah. So uh, most of my collectors and like the galleries that represent me, like they follow me on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. They get like daily updates through my Instagram stories and posts. And I send out details of my upcoming shows to like people who bought my work or have been like my collectors through personal text, because I really like to have a personal approach and like a one-on-one -on -one connection. So that really works for me. And more times than one, like, you know, that has resulted in sales. Like just recently, I texted one of my collectors uh, before an exhibit and they purchased the work from a new series. So like, this was a monetary success, but even if not, like I want them to see uh, my evolution as an artist and my journey. And like, I want them to be involved in my story that makes them root for me. And I think that really helps. Yeah. Anytime you can get someone invested in you, not just monetarily, but actually invested in your story and your career and your progress, you're going to make a collector for life. You're going to make a connection for life out of that. Yeah. And I love that you take it on an individual basis and you actually communicate via text or via yeah. Instagram and you know you make these people feel like they're part of your story and then you did have a good result where someone actually purchased a work that way. Yeah. I, I think like they also are curious about what I'm doing next because like they're following me and they have a personal uh, connection. So so it like it creates intrigue and they're invested in the in the story and the work. So I think that works for me. Yeah. Definitely. And artists out there you know, follow up with people who've bought your art. That's really important. Not just people who like your art and might buy it. Buying it is not the final thing. Continue following up with them because they're part of your story now. So yeah. the next time you have something new, you've evolved, you've changed, they might want to be a part of that. So yeah. definitely keep in touch with your collectors. So Vaidehi, I am a big fan of your work and James and I are honored to actually be subjects of a recent piece, which is really cool. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll get to include that one in the show notes. We'll, we'll talk later and we'll see if we yeah. can include it for everybody to see. Okay. So the content of your work, it's highly personal to you and your story, but yet you managed to make it relatable to everyone or to many people as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you arrived at the theme of a lot of your work, which is the roosters and how the response has been overall? 
So yeah, my work talks about my journey and my experiences as a woman of color in America and even like, you know, my past where I grew up. So I started working on the rooster series in the summer of 2016. I was sketching these beautiful birds in the context of men that I had known in my life. So uh, many interactions that I had with these men, they were captured in specific roosters and the way their eyes turned or like the heads tilted, I started putting these specific nuances and qualities of the men in these roosters. So the rooster became a vehicle of sorts to express my thoughts about these men without them knowing who they are. The, the rooster is also like a very symbolic bird. So it contains additional meanings in different cultures. For example, in Chinese mythology, it signifies honesty and dependability in addition to masculine strength. In India, the rooster is also a personification of the sun's energy. So it kind of worked because you see women being put on display all the time. And this was my way of putting the men on display without them knowing that they were being displayed. So I think there's a lot of humor in, in this specific series. And in fact, so many conversations I've had with the audience helped me take the series further, where the emphasis slowly is now shifting to the setting where these characters are in. I think it's relatable also because the audience sees the work and they can relate to it uh, thinking about their own personal experiences, whoever you are, and you can weave your own personal story uh, looking at the pieces. So I think that helps. It is really cool how you're able to kind of weave this sort of political message in, but also keep it somewhat anonymous. And it's a little yeah. bit like subtle. So you can relate to it either like this is a really cool painting of a rooster and it's done really yeah. well, or you can really dive into the backstory of it. And like you said, layer your own personal experiences yeah. into it. I think that makes it really neat. And, you know, I think a lot of artists who want to express deeper feelings, political feelings, emotions, they struggle with how do I make this something that also kind of resonates. And I think you've done a really good job of that. So I think it's a good model for artists to kind of think about. And we're going to give everyone Vaidehi's uh, Instagram handle at the end of this. It'll be in the show notes as well. So you could see her rooster series, which is still evolving and get a sense of what we're talking about here. So... But do you find that any particular archetype or demographic of people buy your work more than others out there? I've thought about it sometimes. And like, I feel men and women in the age group from their like 30 to 45 have bought my work more. Young, successful, working professionals uh, in positions of power who show, like I've, in my experience, have shown deep association and reflection in the work. So I think they're able to reflect on the reality around them and in their own lives and find humor in the work. Uh, and those have been my collectors. So I think there are people who appreciate my, like appreciate art in general. They're millennials and see themselves in the work. And yeah, my Instagram, Facebook ads are targeted towards these specific people, like the specific demographic. And I think that's been quite helpful. Cool. Are you running Instagram and Facebook ads right now for your work? Uh, yes. yes, I am. Awesome. I, I recently started doing it and, and I think it's, it's been pretty helpful. Yeah, I think it's great and it's underutilized for artists because art is such a visual medium. Yes. And the fact that you can, you know, you, you can, with $5 a day, drive a lot of really interested traffic to your website and to wherever you sell your work. And the fact that you've actually noticed through doing fairs and exhibitions and showing in galleries who your audience is, it puts you like two steps ahead and you're already ready to find them and target them on social media, which is awesome. Yeah, I completely um, agree. 
So we're getting close to the end. And there's something that you did recently that you've told me about, Vaidehi, that I'm really interested in. And I want to know more about the artist residency that you have going and why you started it and kind of where it's going right now. It's a very personal thing. Like after coming to America, I, me and like a lot of my artist friends, like we struggle to find studio spaces. Sometimes they're so expensive. It, it would always bother me. And like my husband, he he's seen like me struggle through this and he wanted to do something for the artists. And uh, so, so we decided to partner with EFA, which is Elizabeth Foundation of the Arts. So we had this artist residency program in the North Fork where uh, artists can come and work for three weeks. We don't charge anything. Like they can stay there. There's a studio space and like a fully furnished apartment where they can stay, create work. And it's also a very beautiful area. At the end of every residency, like uh, there's a gallery that we've partnered with and they are going to organize an artist talk and like a viewing of whatever the artist has been working on during their period of residency over there. I got to say, that is an incredible deal for any artist out there listening. That's three weeks in the North Fork of Long Island. It's like wine country. It's beautiful. And you also get a gallery show at the end of it. I think it's really, really neat. And it's awesome that you're doing that. Yes. If I were an artist and I were interested, how would I find out more information about that? Uh, I'm going to give you a link which you can include. Uh, Yeah, we're partnered through EFA. So I think they can apply through EFA. And because we wanted to keep it a very democratic selection process, so we are not involved in it. And we, we have a board that takes care of it. There is an application process. Awesome. And EFA is the Elizabeth Foundation for the Arts? Yes. So it's near Hudson Yards. It's like Cheshama, basically. Ah, okay. They have really successful artists who have studio spaces with them. It's the Robert Blackburn printmaking workshop. I, yeah. I think we've heard of it. That's very cool. So I guess we'll include a link in the show notes to apply. Like he said, it's a democratic process. So you have to apply. We'll include that link, but you guys could probably also Google Elizabeth Foundation for the Arts to find out some more information. Yes. And... Yeah, that's really, really neat. And I think, you know, it's so cool to see people who are artists and work in the arts doing these things that enable other artists to work and have space to work. And it's, it's a very cool opportunity. If I had to ask you for one top word of advice that you could offer an artist who's just starting to do art fairs and participate in them, what would you say to them? Be patient. Like, this is a game of persisting and learning along the way. So you, if you're in this for the long haul and to have fun, I think this is the place for you. Um, like I had a fair once where I did not sell a lot of work, but I made great connections and interacted with so many important people like journalists and writers. And it actually really helped me further my vision. And I find a lot of value in that. So I think just keep persisting and have patience. Yeah. I love that. Persistence patience and be in it for the long haul. That's how you'll get the most out of it if you do a fair or participate in some larger exhibition. I think it's a really, really good word of advice there. Well, thank you so much, Vaidehi. To all of you business artists out there, Vaidehi's been here with us this afternoon, dropping advice bombs left and right. If you do want to connect with her on Instagram, you can follow her and shoot her DM at Vaidehi Kinkabwala on Instagram. Again, we'll put that in the show notes. And as always, remember that we're Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. And if you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for and exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs around the United States, just drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.
And as always, I'd like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And this one actually comes from Vaidehi herself. And that is, art for me is a reflection of this human condition that no one person or piece is ever truly complete. And that's from Vaidehi Kinkabwala. Vaidehi, once again, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Everyone else, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist's business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world. at superfine.world.